Hello all and welcome back to another episode on Start the Talks. Hello everyone, welcome back to Start the Talks. Today we're going to be talking about our mission and structure here at Teen Empower and I have with me Miss Kathy Harms, our Executive Director. Hi Kathy. Hi. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Kathy Harms. I'm the executive director. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is the founder and does all the great things here at Teen Empower. And I also have Miss Kim. She is our chaos coordinator, <laughs> aka the education supervisor. Hi, Kim. Hello. Yes, I'm Kimberly Molitor. I'm the education supervisor here with Teen Empower. Great. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into it, and we're going to start with Miss Kathy Harms. Um, so just to directly quote the website, our mission at Teen Empower is to empower, educate, and motivate adolescents to make informed decisions for their sexual health. That's going to be kind of the focal point of um, this section now, is just kind of what are we doing to fulfill that mission, where did that mission even come from, and kind of the ins and outs of the organization. Um, so where did the idea for Teen Empower come from? Well, many years ago... Um I had a baby when I was 16 years old. Um, he's my son, Adam. And as I was raising Adam, I learned um, so much more that I should have known when I was still an adolescent. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, I thought, how can we change this? Because a lot of young people aren't getting information and they need information before they become sexually involved so that they understand know what can happen right being informed beforehand yeah absolutely we really need for them to be able to make decisions based on what's happening in their lives versus just figuring it out as they go along so I went out and I decided to try to find organizations that were doing um, basically now what we call teen pregnancy prevention and I found that there just wasn't a whole lot going on and so I made some connections, and I made a lot of great connections, but I discovered that there wasn't any one organization that's solely dedicated to this. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start one myself, and that was in 2004. That's great. Um, I definitely, I really like, I think some people don't think about the prevention aspect of it. I think sometimes it's, oh, you know, they're young, or no, that's not really that big of a problem, and then it's, you know, you see situations where it's like, oh, maybe I wasn't prepared for that situation and had I had the knowledge beforehand, I would have been more prepared or been able to say, no, I'm not ready or whatever the situation might be. So I, that's one of the that's biggest exactly things. Where, yeah, that's exactly where I came from. Right. That's one of the biggest things I love about teaching what we teach and being involved is saying, you know, you do have these other options and being educated is always, always best. Um, so how was it running the program just yourself? You know, um, what's amazing is people ask me all the time how difficult it was and as I started people kept telling me over and over again you're not going to be able to do this in Oklahoma. This is not mm -hmm. going to happen in Oklahoma. And what I discovered was really the opposite. There are lots of people who very much support sexual health education. Not just sexual health education but what we, what we do with teen pregnancy prevention and that is it's not just about talking about condoms or talking about STIs and those things are very important and certainly reproductive anatomy is very important right. when you're talking to young people but we also talk about relationships and we talk about setting goals and having boundaries mm -hmm. there's so much involved in it 
that when people hear that and they understand it and they that that's very much common sense mm -hmm. then they're very agreeable in fact in our programs we actually seek active permission mm -hmm. which means that a student has to have parental um, permission before they can even be in the program and we get almost 100 percent every time we go into a classroom that's great yeah, so I, I think that also goes back to the, oh, is this, you know, you can't do this in Oklahoma. And it's like, no, I don't think you realize they want, they want this, they need this. Um, so that's great. So um, obviously, Teen Empower has definitely grown. So what's, what's the difference that we're seeing now? Uh, or I guess, how long did you run the program just yourself? Um, about the first 13 years, um, for the most part. Um, I was the only staff, so I was the only paid person. In fact, the first four and a half years, I didn't get paid at all. I ran the, the organization because it's my passion and it's my purpose. Doing the good work. Doing the good work. That's <laughs> what I think, yeah. And, um, and then we started receiving funding um, in larger amounts from uh, federal funding, mm -hmm. and um, that allowed me to bring on more staff, and so now we're up to 11 staff members. And that's Woo fantastic because we're getting we're, we're we're going so much further than I was able to go by myself. Yes, and just just so you know, um, I'm I'm definitely Kathy's a favorite staff member <laughs> currently. She likes to just that. just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, that's what I tell you all. <laughs> yeah, I think she tells all of us that <laughs> different times. But anyway, uh, so you mentioned funding. Can you talk a little bit more? I guess what does federal funding have to do with running the organization is that solely where we get our money you know kind of explain that connection sure for example um, we are now running on a grant from the Op office of population affairs under health and human services and um, that funding has allowed us to expand into uh, because it is a good amount of money mm -hmm. a very good budget that we have now we are able to expand into classes we've never been able to um, work with in the past so we are reaching um, students in middle and high schools and with our not only our um, health education program our sexual health education program but also with our peer education program okay great so that kind of goes right into the structure of the organization so the way i picture it in my mind is like we have this bubble called teen empower and then inside the bubble are two little little bubbles <laughs> that was a bad, bad. That was a bad <laughs> like, description but yeah so on this side we have like the health education which is where I will be teaching um, EVPs which we will get to that in a minute with Kim um, and then we also have the peer education which we will get to that in the next episode which is um, our shape program um, so I think that's all we're gonna say about that so stay tuned for the next episode and we will definitely cover shape um, in its entirety and kind of discuss that aspect of teen empower. Yeah, SHAPE, Sexual Health and Peer Education. Mm -hmm. Yes, a great program. Actually, there's a lot of people that ask about um, the peer education model that Teen Empower has adapted, so um, definitely gonna be a great episode. Um, so what challenges did you face starting up? And then, I mean, any ongoing challenges with the organization? I think for um, most small nonprofit organizations, we have the same challenges of finding funding. But it's particularly difficult for an organization where people don't really understand um, the need for what we do because mm -hmm. they automatically assume that sexual health education is being taught in schools when mm -hmm. it's not. Um, and, and also, even people who support us, maybe organizations or um, you know, businesses who support us, don't always know how the people they work with are going to perceive 
working with teen pregnancy or anything to do with sex because mm -hmm. yeah. sadly there's so much stigma that goes along with it. Human beings have sex, but we don't like to talk about it in the ways that um, are you know healthy. Right. So um, a lot of times, so that has been a struggle because of the sometimes it's the area of the country that we live in, mm -hmm. but also because our world and why we're needed so much. In fact, our world tells us that you don't talk about these things. Yeah. 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 I man, that's that's a hard one. To overcome because then you're you're kind of battling um, trying to like showcase the validity without stepping on toes Absolutely. and it it's it's tough yeah. um, okay so how have you impacted um, teen pregnancy and or maybe just healthy choices in general among teens um, there's a specific story I, I would really like for you to tell Okay, well, um, you know, we have never had the opportunity to do a longitudinal study, but, mm -hmm. but we have anecdotal information that I think that's really helpful. For example, um, one of the first schools that I entered, uh, the principal called me and she said, Kathy, we have 14 pregnancies at this school. And I, again, that is a middle school. That is a middle school. I right? think some people don't believe that. It is, <laughs> it is a middle school. It's sixth to eighth grade. Yes. And they had 14 pregnancies. And so um, I left the high school I was in and went back to that middle school to work. And so when we implemented the program at that school, the next year they had zero pregnancies. And in the next few years they had zero pregnancies. And since then, and that was back in 2008, mm -hmm. Um, and since then, they have had no more than two in a year. That's so, great. Yeah. That's great. To me, that just shows, like, direct impact. Right. Direct. There wasn't a program before, and then there was a program, and right. they saw that decrease. And so certainly that is anecdotal, but it's still important to see the difference. Right. Thank you for, for sharing and telling a little bit about the um, start of the organization. I'm going to transition to Ms. Kim. Yes. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about the logistics of the education piece. So again, I mentioned we have like the health education side and then we have shape. Um, so now we're going to be talking about the health education side um, and kind of what EBPs are and all of that. So Kim, just really quick, um, explain kind of your role at Team Empower. Well, first, I am the favorite employee. <laughs> I'm going to make that very clear. Okay, let's not, I've been let's around not, the longest let's with Miss Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came over to Teen Empower. I started off as just the health educator, so doing what Aisha's doing now. Um, but kind of what I do now is I work out all the schedules with all of our teachers and who is implementing what program and where, which we'll cover here in just a second. Um, that's kind of in a nutshell, very quick version of what I do. Very like, <laughs> I don't even know if I, I can call that a summary of like everything that you do, but yes. She is truly the chaos coordinator. <laughs> truly the chaos coordinator. I think we should change your badge. Um, okay. I'll um, do that, yes. That's what I do. <laughs> she, she does make badges as well. Um, so I did mention EBPs and then Kathy mm -hmm. did also talk about funding a little bit. So what, what are we talking about when we say EBPs? So basically what we're talking about, and this is going to be the quick summary of that, evidence-based programs is what that stands for. And it basically just says that they, those specific programs have been researched, evaluated for a long period of time, and they basically have been approved for the positive outcomes, which then go on lists. So for federal funding purposes, those are programs that we are approved to teach based on those positive outcomes from all the research and stuff that's done. Perfect. So 
again, because of that relationship, mm -hmm. what type of training do the educators have to go through? And um, for order for anybody to implement these programs, so MAD, which is making a difference, um, one of our programs we teach, they all have to go through the different curricula training. So mm -hmm. that's part of becoming a facilitator. And um, there's lots of other trainings that we like to do as well, classroom management, things like that, just mm -hmm. to help being in a classroom. Um, but they definitely have to go to an actual training put on by a training of trainer. That's what their title is called. Um, <laughs> but that's how they then get permission to basically teach that program. Okay. And then you get that official certificate yes. and you're good to go. Yes. Sweet. Officially able to go. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, there's actually a lot more involved in that because they have to do teach backs and they have to Yeah. Of course. Yeah. There's yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like the observation piece yes. and the teach backs and... But as far as the holistic training, you get that certificate and right. you're good to teach. Um, some of those other trainings that Kim kind of touched on, um, I can speak for myself at yep. least. Um, yeah. I did a training recently with teaching CSEC, which stands for Commercially Sexually Exploited Children? Mm -hmm. Children. Um, so that, just like little trainings like that. Um, Professional development. Yes, professional <laughs> devel development. That's what I was looking for. Um, to, that will also help us um, in the classroom. So will you just kind of go over the different curricula that we teach, where we teach them, and just briefly what they cover? Yeah, so like I said, so um, we call it MAD, but that's making a difference. That's going to be our sixth grade program. It emphasizes more abstinence, and it goes through negotiation skills for the kids. They set goals and dreams for themselves, um, and really trying to keep that focus. Mm -hmm. Um, then we have Making Proud Choices, which we refer to as MPC, so that's going to be kind of a higher up version of MAD. Mm -hmm. It still focuses on a lot and emphasizes um, those negotiation skills and making those healthy choices, but also if, if and when they decide to have sex, it also goes over those protection methods, methods that they can right. use, yeah, just to keep them healthy and safe. Um, Positive Prevention Plus, which we call P3. And that's going to be our high school program. Um, that one, it kind of just focuses more on skills like um, contraception and negotiation. Again, that's a big piece of really just how, how do these students negotiate situations mm -hmm. that they're in. Um, so that's what that kind of focuses. And then Love Notes is our upperclassmen curriculum. And that one's really relationships-based. So it's really providing them the tools that they need to form those healthy relationships, not even just romantically, but even mm -hmm. with parents, friends, co-workers as, you know, these students are getting ready to graduate high school and right. go on into their fields of choice. Something I would like to point out, like a connection between teaching these EBPs and even the SHAKE program, a lot of what Teen Empower, I would say, focuses on is that relationship building, healthy choices. Um, healthy communication mm -hmm. skills, negotiation skills. And I think sometimes people don't know that that is also a part of sex ed. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, all the crazy definitions I've heard, but it's a lot of how can you literally operate as a healthy human being out in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I really love that. Um, so host teachers, which we will have an interview with a host teacher very soon, so stay tuned for that as well. But do you kind of want to talk about what a host teacher is? Yeah, basically, so we call host teachers, it's basically just the classroom teacher that those students have for the year. We um, go into science classes, and so our host teacher um, would be the science teacher for that grade level, um, and we basically work with them for the 10 days. That's the majority of how long our programs take. 
uh, 10 to 14 days mm -hmm. and we just come in they stay in the classroom with us but they help get things organized with the permission forms they help with attendance and stuff um, and so they're there as basically our support but then our educators are actually the ones taking over the classroom so to speak they kind of become the teacher for those period of time however long the program is right so just to kind of define this very clearly teen empower is an organization that goes into different mm -hmm. schools um, and then the schools that we go into we have that relationship and then the host teacher is kind of like okay here's my here's my kids for yep. the time being <laughs> and we implement our lessons and then we move on to the next yeah, we're the grandma teachers. The grandma <laughs> teachers, yeah. We come in, take over, and then we're out. Yep. Um, so thank you, Kim, for talking about the education piece. Yes. Um, and defining all of that for me and um, kind of the difference in curricula that we, we teach because I know that's very important too. Um, another thing I don't think is very uh, well known that there is different curricula for different grades. Yes, of um, And they relate, but it is different. So we do, there's a lot of thought that goes into this. It's all very age appropriate. Very yes. age appropriate, so yes. build on themselves, so yeah. Right, right. Um, so teaching is a very large part of what we do, um, but when there's no school, you know, like right now, it's summer months, there's no school. There, there are other things that we are doing and preparing and um, professional development and things with shape and, you know, all of these other things. So what are, what are some things that, um, take up our time when we're not in the classroom a lot of it is training 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 um, the more we know and not necessarily just what we teach in the classroom but um, like you were talking about earlier a lot of professional development we want to talk about inclusivity we want to talk about um, trauma-informed mm -hmm. um, situations we want to talk about even secondary trauma because the young people that we work with will approach us with you know issues that they they have and we need to understand how to maintain ourselves you know and make mm -hmm. sure that we are um, doing the best job that we can but also protecting our own well-being right. right right so a lot of training is involved in this we want to make sure that when somebody goes into the classroom they know what they're talking about right, and they're doing the best job that mm -hmm. they can with those kids because you know those kids really love us we're the not only are we the grandparents but we are also <laughs> the rock stars of education because <laughs> obviously students love to talk about sexual health mm -hmm. um, and so we're very popular in the classroom in fact um, I will go into a school where I was teaching last year and they say oh it's the sex ed lady <laughs> I will say I prefer life skills thank you very much but um, it's nice that you remembered me I really appreciate that Miss Kathy um, and so um, it is very important for them because they are they have a lot of questions and We are the ones who are there answering for them and we're doing that without judgment. We're doing it without shame We're doing it um, with respect to them and where they are and they appreciate that I've had so many students. I'm getting a little off course here. I apologize for <laughs> no, that, but I, I do want you to understand that um, a lot of students who go in with reservations about being in our classroom, for example, I've had students come in the first day, I don't want to be any part of this, I don't want to be a part right. of this. Right. So I will, you know, approach them and I'll say, hey, you know what, just give me one day. If you give me one day and you still are very uncomfortable, please um, let me know and we'll talk about it. And so every single time that has happened, and it has happened on several occasions, they not only stay in the classroom, but they're usually very interactive with me. Mm -hmm when they find out that we are not trying to tell them how to live their lives. We're not trying to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. We just want to give them information. I walk into a first 
day of seventh grade class and the first thing I say to them, one of the first things I say to them is, is um, I'm not going to tell you not to have sex. Yeah. They're all very surprised about that. Yeah. But that's not my place. That's not my role. But what can I do? What I can do is I can give you information that's really healthy for you and that I hope that you make the best decisions for yourself and understand what's happening in your world so that you can live happy, healthy lives. Right. I think um, I always I feel like I talk too much about my personal life, but <laughs> I, always <laughs> like people, <laughs> I always tell people my mom worked um, in a pharmacy when I was little and we would have the talks of like, Okay, Aisha, you're getting older. You know this. This might come up at school, and so uh, you know, like having to talk about drugs and things like that. I vividly remember because she was like, you know, I don't want you to do this, not because I say so, but here's what happens to your body when you ingest this particular thing. And I love that. Yes, and so she explained, you know, literally what's happening to my brain and my body processes, and. Um, after I thought about it, I was like, oh, okay, now I know I can make the decision for myself based off of the knowledge that I just got. This is not something I'm ready, well, to do ever, but, <laughs> but you know, I don't, I don't want to do that because I know what could happen. So I think having that explanation is more effective because then you kind of help guide them on, you know, the healthy choice, but it's kind of the ball's in their court. They're yeah. allowed to have all of that knowledge and say, yeah, you're right. This might be healthy if I wait, or you know, it might be healthy if I do this, or you know. So I love that. Well, the reality is, if you go in with the idea that you're going to tell them what to do, they're going to put up a wall right away. Right. And right. Um, we should understand that ultimately we don't have any control over what right. they choose to do, um, and when we're, th we're there with them for two weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And so we say, hey, this is what we know, and this is what we want to tell you. And, and your example is a great example of exactly how we teach. Yeah. Well, I think just kind of going back to the original question as far as like additional trainings and stuff, but all of that gets wrapped up into trainings that we do. We have the beliefs and values training right. where it's like we leave that stuff at the door because we're not there to implement our beliefs and our own personal mm -hmm. values with these students because that's not our role, just like you said. And also going with the uh, answering questions, you know, they get note cards and they fill up those note cards daily mm -hmm. of all of these anonymous questions that they want answered. and. Those are all other trainings that we do, you know, when we're not in the school so that the educators feel very equipped to answer those questions that they are for sure going to be getting. I, I absolutely love the question cards. <laughs> Sometimes I read them and I'm like, I'm so happy that they feel safe enough mm -hmm. to ask me this. Absolutely. Instead of like Googling it or something right. and like trying yes. to find the answer elsewhere because <laughs> there's no telling what they would find. So I the question cards are probably one of my favorite, mm -hmm. favorite things. And then the relationship with with the students is really nice. That's really fun. And it really takes a lot of practice to begin to answer those question cards mm -hmm. because they can be answered in so many ways. And sometimes, and they're anonymous, so you don't know, maybe there's three different ideas coming out of that question. Right. So you have to ascertain that or you have to answer it in all three ways. And just be careful about how you respond because you want to make sure that you're giving them the most healthy information. Right. Yep. Um, I kind of want to do an episode of just like reading I a was bunch of question cards yeah. and just <laughs> like, okay, next question, and, and just reading them and how we'd answer them. I think Let's that'd be fun. It. I think that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. um, okay, got off on a tangent, great tangent, but um, back to things we do outside of the classroom. Um, so tons of trainings um, all the time to prepare us for teaching, make us better in the classroom, make us more resources and all of that. Um, other things that we do, like the staff retreat, 
Mm -hmm. um, brainstorming a lot. We made this past staff retreat, we did um, our to-do list for this next year um, and kind of what we want to do as far as it goes like in the classroom and the podcast even, things like that. Um, what else do we kind of have on the agenda outside of teaching? I, can I just say that I, I love the idea that uh, my staff is so willing to get together for multiple days um, yeah. and, and hang out together <laughs> yeah. because we not only do we get to know each other better, but we have an opportunity just to put everything out there and just learn so much, but still be, have time to process. And there's so much involved in these um, staff trainings that um, we want to make it um, an opportunity to learn, but also to you know be able to chill with each other. Right. Yeah, I will say. Other than literally working for family, this is the only other job I've had where I'm like, oh, I can stand to see you after hours. Yes, <laughs> it's fine. Like a lot of you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, me and one of my other coworkers literally live in the same building, and then the other two also live in the, like all of us live together in some capacity. So that that's great. It's it's really nice when people like each other if they work together every yeah. day, isn't it? Yes, yeah. fantastic. So the other things are certainly we've worked with other organizations like Pivot, for example, um, for, for homeless youth. Mm -hmm. So we, and when we have an opportunity to go talk to them, I've been in many churches where I make presentations in, in churches and actually done um, lessons with youth groups in churches. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with people who have um, disabilities and, and talked about sexual health with them. So the opportunity I get to spread awareness we get to spread awareness. Um, I, I was so long doing it by myself. <laughs> yeah. I had to say, I, 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 yeah. I my apologies. Um, so my staff is great for getting out there and really wanting to work with um, lots of organizations. And one of the things that we got to do this year was at one of our schools, we had an embedded teacher actually teach. She was a former health educator, so she had worked with us, so she was fully trained and capable of implementing these programs. Mm -hmm. um, but just to kind of see how that would work of actually being the host teacher, but then implementing one of these programs. Your own that, classroom. Yes, yeah. and stuff. And I personally had the... Um, I got to go out and personally observe her teach, and her students were great. Like, they did not have... because. She's such just a great teacher in general, and she has such a great relationship with her students right. that this program coming into it um, was nothing different. The students were just as comfortable with her um, talking about sexual health and these life choices as right. if they were learning about science. Right. So this kind of touches a little bit on the couple of things that we've talked about today. So this person worked for us as a health educator. First of all, she was in our SHAPE program when she was in high school. <laughs> oh yeah, full yeah. circle. <laughs> and she went to college and she um, is an amazing, amazing individual. Um, so she's been basically working with us for years, but then got a job with us. But then there were issues with grants, as what happens in um, for nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't know what was going to happen with the grant. She had an opportunity to get a job in one of our schools as a teacher, so she took that opportunity. And fortunately, we can we continued with the grant. But then we were able to turn around and contract with her to be able That's to great. provide in the school. It's it's sustainability at its finest. Yes. That's great. That's a full circle moment. Yes, right there. That's great. <laughs> That's we, great. we love her. Her name is Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for being here and talking about this amazing program, obviously. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think we're doing the good work, and I love Teen Empower so much and all the things that we get to do and serve the community, so 
um, can't wait to continue doing doing good things. So thank you. Thank you, Aisha. You're wonderful. Thank you. And again, you're my favorite. I knew hey. it. Hey. <laughs> I knew it. I'm done here. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> have a great rest of your day, evening, whatever time it is. And definitely stay tuned for the next episode where we definitely talk about um, shape. I know it's been mentioned a few times in this episode. Um, again, that's the peer education program that we have at Teen Empower, and we're going to get into that in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. But thank you. by Teen Empower. You can follow us on social media at Teen Empower on Facebook and Instagram and check out our TikTok at Teen Empower Inc. Start the Talks is a podcast presented by Teen Empower Inc. with theme and background music from Prismatica and Apple GarageBand and Bensound.com with editing done by Aisha Diop. This podcast was supported by the Office of Populations Affairs and AmeriCorps. Teen Empower is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to empower, educate, and motivate adolescents to make informed decisions for their sexual health. We'll see you next time.